this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. Last time on Soundcheck, the boys got transported to an alternate universe. Oh my gosh, what is this place? It's, they got transported to the pavement universe, and after getting instructions from Thanos, (laughs) they just, they They have to continue their quest to collect the 5.5, I guess, Malcolmus Infinity Infinity Stone. Oh my gosh. The first Infinity Stone is Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain by Pavement. Then, they were inside of the Stephen Malcolmus Megazord. I must impress upon you. Imagine a Megazord that looks like Stephen Malcolmus. (laughs) The boys proceeded to collect the second Pavement Infinity Stone, which turned out to be... It's somewhere inside my brain here. Brody, what is this? Sparkle hard. Oh my god. And then they got transported to a desolate, surreal, and melancholy universe. Where are they? Listen and find out. In this part two of Pavement Multiverse. The Pavement Multiverse. Play the theme song again. <laughs> yeah! Is this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you Whoa, where are we? I don't know, but uh, guys, I feel I feel really happy today. Do you remember back when we first decided to start Kindness Texas? Those were some good days. Those remember? were some good days. I remember we were listening to so much David Berman music, and I remember we even put that as an influence on our poster when we were looking for a drummer. Yes. Our poster that got only one response. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. So from a 65-year-old man. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's real. Yes. But, guys, we just have so many good memories with David Berman. Ben, why don't you tell us about the first time you heard of David Berman? Oh, God. Um, hmm. So, I probably had, I think we all had a, I, I at least had a, a, a semi-unconventional experience with David Berman. The first thing I heard was from his Purple Mountains album. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it was. If you go back in the Soundcheck archives... Um, if this recording's even getting out into the Earth universe, yeah. <laughs> um, if you go back into the Soundcheck archives, uh, you can find. I don't remember what episode it was on, but I know I just re- I recommended it. Whatever it was, I think it's that's just the way that I feel. That's mm-hmm. probably the first song I heard. But it must have just been. I don't know if it was Discover Weekly on Spotify or just under another playlist or what. But um, yeah, it, that 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 was my portal into the the universe that we now are literally in i know and such a loss to so much sadness around david berman and his uh eventual death i remember my first experience with uh silver jews and 
everything he created was when Jay Maskus put on his Instagram when he died. Holy shit, what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah. And that was it. I remember that also, actually. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. And then from there, I knew that this was a, an important band that I needed to check out. What about you, Brody? Uh, I, I don't know. My story is pretty boring. I mean, I just, I heard Purple Mountain's a good album, and I was like, hey, it's a good album. So we all kind of started from Purple Mountains and worked in reverse. Yeah. But let's talk about uh, David Berman's arc as a musician. Yeah. Starting with his most famous project, the poetic, prolific, and amazing Silver Juice. Right. And I, I like we talked about uh, in the first part of this series, um, David Berman and Stephen Malcolmus were friends, and Bob Nastanovich, who ended up being a percussionist in Pavement, was friends. Like, there was just this friend group at UVA. Mm -hmm. um, and just because I heard this earlier and I thought it was funny, um, I'm going to play you. So there's a Nirvana bootleg from 1990. They were playing the Pyramid Club in New York um, in April. And throughout this bootleg, you can hear Stephen Malcolmus, Bob Nastanovich, and David Berman heckling the band. <laughs> uh, and here's a particularly big reaction Wait, they get. What year is this from? 1990. So this is pre-everything. Oh, pre Pre-them recording anything, yeah. I think. Um, so this is just that, that friend group uh, having some laughs at the expense of Nirvana. <laughs> You said you were going to plug in my court, and you were going to tape it to the wall, but you didn't, and it became unplugged. You said you were going to do it, too. Oh, that poor dude. Shut up! You dork! I'll get a beer. Oh, That's right, dork. Were you a jock in high school? Were you a letterman or something? Oh, look, there's a dork walking down the hall! Well, listen, you can take your girlfriend, Mandy, or Buffy, and you can screw her in the back seat of your muscle car. For all I give a shit. Uh, truly epic. So that was David Berman getting a big rise out of Nirvana. So how did, how did people find out that was them? Um, I think Bob Nastanovich went on a podcast relatively recently and told the story about it. And then someone was like, hey, I found the bootleg of it. <laughs> and it's pretty great quality, too. Yeah. Um, but... That's just a window into their early friendship. If you want more stuff like that, I know there's a bootleg tape somewhere of them just like hanging out in 1990 at like the apartment. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear that, yeah, you can. I'm a super fan, but I haven't even listened to that because why would I? <laughs> that's um, that's that's crazy. That before before like Pavement or Silver Jews had released their debut albums before Nirvana was one of the biggest bands on earth that like there was this weird <laughs> you know what Iggy Pop was in the crowd too really apparently <laughs> yeah so oh a weird convergence of uh, people who would be famous and someone who already kind of sort yeah. of was right? yeah um, well Ben why don't you get us caught up on how the Silver Jews started and, and, and where that fits in with the Pavement Multiverse sure so a look <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I use a pavement multiverse, and I was like, oh, God, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> but um, so uh, the Silver Jews, obviously, they were all together. They were hanging out. They just, I think, kind of decided to start making music. I mean, maybe David Berman got sick of smoking PCP every day, which he'd been doing since high school. And uh, 
they 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 put a band together um, and they started just recording super duper lo-fi stuff some of which you can hear on the silver juice compilation early times which i am not even brave enough to have listened to i started it like i did not finish it it is it is cool it just go like oh that's where they started neat yeah, but, yeah. but like it is not listening no, you have to listen to it at a, a very low volume because that's like headache inducing lo-fi mm-hmm. yeah um but they started recording stuff uh like we mentioned earlier they were calling thurston moore's house and recording songs to his answering, answering machine yeah through the phone line <laughs> um i don't know if any of that stuff recorded still exists i don't know if that is anywhere i, I really don't know anything about that but they started doing this um they were just kind of goofing around i think at first and then it started to get a little more serious um, when David Berman got more into songwriting. Mm-hmm. And I have, from 1993, our second of two bootlegs. Uh, this is Stephen Malcolmus, David Berman, and uh, Steve West. Uh, so this is a- this is after the first Pavement albums come out. Um, this is two members of Pavement and David Berman. I also believe a cellist who played on uh, the second or third Pavement album is on this right. recording as well, although I don't know if she plays on this song. Uh, but this is them coming together as War Comet, which is essentially just like an auxiliary version of the Silver Jews. Uh, and you're going to hear a little bit of them playing Rebel Jew from uh, the first Silver Jews album, which had yet to have been released. I don't know if it was recorded yet, but here's a little bit of that. Simple times I dream of Jesus Like he's coming through the wall Oh, and I'm lying in my bed at night One of those crowded skater squalls He was a rebel Jew Rebel Jew, and he died for you and your sins. He was a rebel Jew. He was a rebel Jew. And that's really notable for posterity, basically. Um, gotta love them all starting that on time. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 got that. It's a very sloppy gig, but I think it's worth listening to. I know they cover The Killing Moon on there, which Pavement would do periodically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a recording of it somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is kind of the beginnings of David Berman's real musical journey. And that's also a notable tape because David Berman, once he started The Silver Jews, wasn't really playing live at all. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, the Silver Jews didn't start touring till 2005. Mm-hmm. Right. They only really started touring uh, late into the career, like the last two albums. Yeah. So it's rare to hear David Berman singing live at all. Right. Um, which I think we can talk a little more about rarities and stuff later because there is very cons- considerate, uh, considerable stuff that hasn't been released that right. I know we'd like to hear. Um, but I think... Uh, here, actually, let's Thanos. Thanos, what are we supposed to do now in this David Berman uh, desolate wasteland basement area? Yeah, underworld. Underworld. Yeah, you must decide the best Silver Jews uh, uh, 
stone, infinity stone. Okay. Okay, Thanos, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem, guys. Talk this to you later. This is all pretty cut and dry. I mean, we're in another dimension, which is crazy, but, like, it's there aren't really any threats. Yeah. We're it's just, just we're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got my hair cut. That kind of sucked, but, you know. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah, okay. Bro- yeah, Brody's still bald. That is a side effect of the, uh, the multiversal travel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who would like to start talking about Starlight Walker? The first, well, uh, the guy who was assigned, <laughs> <laughs> not assigned it. This, what, 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 what? <laughs> or wait, no, I, I, I forgot the reality of the episode. Go on. <laughs> uh, well, I'll talk about Starlight Walker. This is their debut album, Silver Jews. This, um, so I think what I think we need to touch on with Silver Jews is I think maybe maybe all of us. I don't know about all of us. Definitely me because. When I listened to Pavement and I heard that Silver J- Steve Malcolmus, you know, flirted with the Silver Jews, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, oh, cool, a Pavement side project. And then you listen to it and you're like, this is nothing like I thought. No. And I think, and we'll get to this, but I think the closest album that even comes to that is probably American Water. Yes. Right. Um, but this this one definitely, I think, dispels any notions as the Pavement side project. Yeah, Steve Malcolmus is on it and he is kind of relegated to backing vocals auxiliary yeah, he's vocals. a side man yeah more than anything like he, he has some backing vocals he sings some parts but it, it is primarily david berman on vocals which is the silver jews i like so yeah. um i it's it's definitely very it's lo-fi in the sense where it's like very underproduced mm-hmm. but not not too it's not too a negative, right? As opposed to the super early stuff, this is yeah. listenable. This definitely. this is definitely yeah. listenable. I think honestly, what really kind of like seals it the deal for me for it still being counted as lo-fi's is the guitars. The guitars are just very like it sounds like something that would come out of an amp, and they just like we're like let's not EQ it at all. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, I think you can definitely hear right off the bat there are tons of songs where it's like, wow, David Berman already has his songwriting style down. It's the first album. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are songs that are so utterly David Berman. It, um, it's incredibly impressive yeah. how, how much of a songwriter he grew into just with this first release. Yeah, I mean, just listen to Trains Across the Water. See. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hanger 
and husbands on the run. I just got back from a dream attack that took me by surprise. So I think, like with the lo-fi stuff, you can definitely hear the the rough around the edges right. like, nature of the production. Like you know, you, I think you know, a normal person. Not, maybe not normal, that's not the right word, but just, like, uh, on average, you would, like, hear clean guitars and, like, country influence, and you'd want to, like, spruce it up a little bit, clean right. it up, but, like, this is still very much based in indie rock and lo-fi. Yeah, right. definitely has a practice room kind of feel. Yeah, and there are some there are some very solid songs on here. I would say, while an instrumental is kind of a uh, tradition on Steve, on Silver Jew's albums, there's, I think there's, I think on every album, there's at least one instrumental. Almost every album. Almost every album. This one has two, like, listen. They aren't bad songs, but um, it's not really what I'm here for Silver, like, that's not really why I'm coming to Silver Jew's, you know, is the, right. is the musicality I'm coming for, like, David Berman. Yeah. And it has, <laughs> and I think this is definitely still shows that, like, they're still not quite out of their, um, their lo-fi days yet, um, which is the song um, The Country Diary of a Subway Conductor. Play a little bit of that real quick. Sure. Um, it's it's a bit of a weird one. Oh, <laughs> uh, get him out of there. What if it cost 25 cents to wake up in the morning? Dollar. Ten dollars. So, it basically sounds like that for the whole song. <laughs> like, it isn't like some weird pavement-esque intro where they start out like that and, like, they tighten up throughout the song. Like, it is basically that through the whole song. And I still think I still think it's a really solid album. It's definitely probably in my top... I mean, there's only six albums. But it's still a good album, but it definitely is still very much has its growing pains as a debut yeah. album. What I think we need to recognize on this one specifically is David Berman's lyricism. I think it's going to be a really strong debate, maybe not with us three, but in the fan base as a whole, who is the stronger lyricist, Steve Malcolmus or David Berman? And with that one, that first release, you can see the beginnings of a truly poetic man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. No. Oh my gosh. Look over there, it's Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like how in uh, Trains Across the Sea, he says, please try Carlton, which uh, that's the only Carlton I know, and he's right over there. He's doing that dance. And he's dance dancing on a bridge. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> a natural bit. Oh my gosh, and under the bridge, it's O.J. Simpson. <laughs> what? He's driving the Bronco under the bridge. Okay. <laughs> and Carlton's waving to him. Oh no, Carlton! <laughs> the bridge is collapsing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> All right, folks, let's get into the natural bridge. <laughs> Quite possibly, in my opinion, the most underrated Silver Jews album in the discography. If I was to guess why, it's because the songs uh, tend to blend into one another with this lush, mellowed-out tone of the guitars and vocals throughout the whole album. Um, if you're like me and really click with that sort of sound, uh, you're going to really recognize the beauty of the whole piece. This album was born out of tension between Malcolmus and Berman after a 1995 session ended with some uh, frustration, to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, Berman just walked out just furious and, and it turned into a stalemate, which eventually became another EP for Pavement and the conclusion of uh, The Natural Bridge for Berman um, by himself. 
I think this record was the biggest shift to darker lyricism until we get to Berman's later projects. Um, yeah. The line in Pet Politics specifically really stands out to me. I think we may be losing now. Please guard my bed. Um, still gives me a lot of chills, as well as a lot of these songs do. Um, Berman's not afraid to uh, call out locations on pretty much all of his um, his records. He he gets the point of like location, 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 rather that be um, talking about Texas or Wall Street or California or what have you. Um, it creates this illusion of a unnamed sort of omnip- omnipresent narrator that is everywhere and nowhere in America. It, it, that's at least what I get is like this traveling wanderer um, whenever I listen to Berman's music. Um, and, and it's just so uniquely American. It's, it's so uniquely awesome. Uh, a high point for me would be the song Dallas. You guys know that's been one of my favorite Silver Juice songs for a long time. Um, there's another version I'd like to play as my recommendation at the end here. So for now, I'll bring on the Frontier Index. Uh, this tune could probably be used in a horror movie with just how haunting it is. share my love of the natural bridge i do i think it's my favorite silver juice album and i think this is my favorite silver juice song why wow why um i think i don't know (laughs) because because yeah because of the star wars reference there's a star wars reference yeah that part about the robot that's a star wars served at the bar oh i didn't know that was a star wars reference yeah that we don't serve their type i don't know i just like I just think the lyricism is really good on it, obviously. I don't know why I I, I like the line, um, boy wants a car from his dad. Dad says, first you got to cut that hair. Boy says, hey, dad, Jesus had long hair. And he says, that's right, son. Jesus walks everywhere. I don't know. That's kind of just a, a weirdly funny line. Yeah. <laughs> just like that exchange. Like, it's kind of it's kind of like a weird dad joke. And, and like, you can't have a car. Jesus had long hair, so you gotta walk. <laughs> I, I love that. There's so many actually things like that in David Berman's lyricism, where it's like these puns, yeah, and wordplay, and it's just so clever. Uh, he, you actually have a couple, or at least one book of poetry by him, don't you? Oh yeah. So well, I actually have his uh, book of uh, cartoons, which oh, is kind of too. it's kind of poetry in cartoon form yeah. really but then his yeah his book actual air is that the 
Brody has that one. I have that one. I have, I have, at least at the time buying it, the only copy in Michigan that was being sold. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rare. But that uh, that that book of poems is actually pretty well regarded among poets, which is saying a lot about David Berman's lyricism. Right. Is lots of times with musicians, if you pull the music away, the lyrics can't stand on their own. But his really mm-hmm. do very mm-hmm. consistently, and he can juxtapose. Something as serious as the start of this song with little jokes like that and yeah. make it totally work. Yeah, with actual air, I had to go to Grand Rapids to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I stayed at one of me and Michael's friend's house and I accidentally left it there. And I said, Hey, could you give me that when the next time I see you, could you give me that book? And he said, Yeah, this guy's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's an understatement. <laughs> No, and and that definitely shines through the vast majority of his music. But I think it's it's sadder music than uh, Pavement. But there's still a uh, there's 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 some kind of resting joy to it too. It's not all dark and doom yeah. and gloom totally. I mean, you can hear it in even something like the Frontier Index when we're talking about those back and forths and he's mm-hmm. singing about a robot and this stuff that's like right. It, it's admittedly silly. I think we'll definitely see some uh, fun, funner stuff. Funner, damn it. I didn't use a real word. More <laughs> fun stuff moving forward. But I will say The Natural Bridge is probably one of his darkest release. Yeah, releases. definitely. And it should be preserved as one of his best lyrical albums as well. I just, I can, every time I hear a line and I focus on it um, just for like a minute, I understand new meaning of it. it, it I don't know. The This man is just such a true like master of English master of mm-hmm. like writing and poetry. And we're going to hear that in all releases going forward. Um, but now we can have a little more fun with this music. Am I right? Yeah. I, I, uh, I have an interesting assignment for this, uh, in having his last album and his, his last album. And then also having his most famous album, American water. Right. Um, yeah, this is probably the most, pavement heavy one i would say so if mm-hmm. you're if you're into pavement and you haven't made the jump over to silver juice yet then uh this is where to start if you're not into silver juice this is probably still where to start yes um definitely the the production is on par with what you'd hear from this time now you don't really have to worry about that lower fi mm-hmm. stuff that you get on the first album i will say that the natural bridge actually I did not dig upon first listen. It was because of the like the guitars. I was like, these guitars sound like shit, and I don't like them. Mm-hmm. But now it's my favorite, and I right. and I think this this album kind of does away with that. Right. This is yeah. So this is the one where you can go into it knowing that you're you don't have to focus on the production or get past anything mm-hmm. with that. Um, this is also so this this is the album with random rules on it, which is probably the biggest Silver Jews song, yes. uh, hands down. So starting good. with. His most famous line, in 1984, I was hospitalized for approaching perfection. Um, Slowly screwing my way across Europe. They had to make... I had an erection or whatever he said. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love this album. No, it's truly fantastic. This is where you uh, start to see the country influence very, very obviously uh, on Honk If You're Lonely. Oh, yeah. Smith and Jones forever as well. Specifically, yeah. You so there's well, always that one's like a western. Yeah, almost. yeah. There's always like yeah. this American frontier sound to his stuff, but this is really that comes to the forefront. Lots more Stephen Malkmus on this mm-hmm. uh, vocally. There's actually a few kind of 
duets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of those is mine. Uh, this is this might be my personal favorite from the album. It's hard to say. It's all so good. But uh, Blue Arrangements, this is a truly fabulous song. I see you gracefully swimming with the country club women In the Greenwood Southside Society pool I love your amethyst eyes and your Protestant thighs. You're shimmering, so shall I choose. From the carbon dioxide, riding academy to the children's crusade, marching through the downtown. I think I'd die See if you just said hi to me When something breaks It makes a beautiful sound Sometimes I feel like I'm watching the world And the world isn't watching me back But when I see there's that Ottawa again. Well, I was actually going to say, because obviously you can hear Stephen Malcolmus and the vocals and the lyricism because mm-hmm. he is on here. But I think also what really kind of makes it a good way to start, especially if you're a Papin fan, is that the guitars such as that, mm-hmm. you're not going to hear anything like else that on any other Silver Jews or David releases. So the guitars are very Steve Malcolmus. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more musically flashy than mm-hmm. every other Silver Jews album. Right. Yeah. Which... It, it serves this crop of songs, I will say. What's yeah. everyone's American favorite American water song? Okay. Oh, I've listened to Smith & Jones forever more than any other Silver Juice song, but the instrumental on this, Night Society, is a fucking jam. Like, it is good. It goes so hard. I would have to say it's either Blue Arrangements or Honk If You're Lonely, probably. Mine yes. is probably... Barring random rules, because I think obviously it's probably yeah. top tier for all of us. It's a classic. It deserves its classic status. Oh, yeah. But mine is probably We Are Real or Like Like The 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 Death. Yeah. If you uh, happen to wonder, I mean, Ben and Brody both drive some pretty uh, recognizable vehicles, but mm, yeah. you can definitely spot it with the uh, with the trademark bumper sticker, Yeah, we... Honk If You're Lonely Tonight. Have you gotten honks? I have gotten honks. I have gotten... There have been multiple times, and I'm... I'm known for getting honked. At, <laughs> yeah, but I was going to say, are you sure this I've, is not well, here's driving? The thing. I've been stationary, and I got honked at, and I'm like, what the fuck? Who's honking at me? And then, like, I turn, I look at my rear view, and they're like, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I th- yes, I have had the similar experience, uh, definitely in the drive-thru, a lot. If you mm-hmm. guys want a uh, Christmas present idea for your boy, I wouldn't mind one of those stickers. Well, I have but... great news for you, Michael. There's one in my room. Oh! <gasps> Can I have it? Yeah. Yes. Um, God, I love this podcast. There's, yes. a, there's a happy ending in this verse after all. Wow. Yeah. And the light the light shines through the darkness, which happens often with David Berman's music. Would you say that light is very bright? It's a bright light. A bright light. Flight. Light. Flight. <laughs> oh, my God. Light plus F. Thanos. Wait, Thanos, what? he's back. I'm, ri- I'm rising up in the air. Oh, my, oh God. my God. We're flying. And we're ben, shining ben, brightly. No. Come Whoa. back. Whoa. Bright flight. This is. Okay, so 
for the listener, we're all flying in the air now. Yes, we're all for flying. This, for this portion of the conversation. <laughs> and shining brightly. We're, we're shining like the sun and flying Do in you the remember air. the part where Fiona and Shrek, like, <laughs> has her true love's kiss and then, like, beams na, na, come na, out of her mouth and eyes? Yeah, and that's na, na, it it's like na, that. Na, na, that's what's happening. It's exactly like that. Except, yeah, we're flying in the air also. Who is the sign Bright Flight? Bro. Sorry. Who who has the pleasure of talking about Bright Flight? <laughs> I do. This is probably my second favorite Silver Jews album. Wow. Um, this one is pretty good. I think this is the start of, you can definitely, like, this is definitely the start of the cleanly produced Silver Jews album. Mm-hmm. Well, second, second half of the, the, the discography. Yes. Cleanly produced. Well, well, American Water definitely is not lo-fi by any stretch of the imagination. It still has that rough stuff because of Steve Malcolmus's invo- heavy involvement in that right. album. This one is very clean, and it's probably their biggest, where you can hear their country influences most clearly. A lot of pedal steel. Definitely. A lot of slide. A lot of very country-esque things. Yeah, there's a country cover on here, actually. Oh, really? What's what's the cover? Friday Night Fever is a cover. Oh, really? I did mm-hmm. not know that. And I think that's a that's a good um, that's a good transition because that's a nice little song. In that, like, it's very it's about the simple things. Like, it's just like, hey, I love my significant other, but sometimes I just gotta have a little me time. And right. I think right. there are some great David Berman songs on here that are like classic David Berman. Like there, there are songs like "Hold On." Uh, oh my gosh, Michael's got it. Whoa, uh, a track list is flying um, <laughs> something. Um, I don't know. There are songs like Time Will Break the World, which are very reminiscent of stuff like Off the Natural Bridge. But with the biggest, I think the biggest um, change in the lyricism is that he, David Berman, had a bit of a bit of a little girlfriend at the time. But like, and that definitely is reflective of the lyrics, and like a lot of them are about his his uh, his wife at the time, Cassie Berman. Um, and one of the songs is uh, Tennessee, which uses the the classic pickup line, you're the only 10 I see, um, as kind of the chorus in this very cute way. It still has a bit of melancholy tinged on the verses, but it's still a very sweet song. Take a little listen. Mm-hmm. I saw the river playing in the valley Rushing round a bend and skipping stones I saw the meadow wobble in the moonlight I've come to get my girl and take her home Her doorbell plays a bar of Stephen Foster Her sister never left and look what it cost her We're gonna live in Nashville And I'll make a career Out of writing sad songs And getting paid by the tear Marry me and leave Kentucky Come to Tennessee You're the only ten I see 
You're the only ten I see So I think that one is good representative of the I think the headspace David Berman was in at the time with his with his um his lover as well as the sound. Um also with the country influences, like it also shows the lyrics like getting paid by the tear is such like a country yeah. line. I, I think something there's something really important to note with David Berman's lyricism, and that's so when you think about a regular rock band, I'm not sure what example to use what's just like a regular rock band rolling stones okay sure the rolling stones so the rolling stones uh fucking uh keith richards comes in and he's like i i got this cool riff uh, <laughs> and, it, and then he plays you know, whatever yeah. uh and then mick jagger's like oh man we need some lyrics for that uh this is a real conversation they've had. Right. And then and then they shoot heroin and then they come back <laughs> and it's like uh well here's this old uh BB King song. Let's steal a lyric from here and then let's steal a lyric from here. Like it's just like with most musicians, most rock musicians specifically, it's hey, I have this song, now it needs words. Uh Okay, yeah. now it has words. And that's it. Right. With David Berman, he's and this is something I've noticed lots of rock musicians don't do, and I think they would benefit from, is he's using poetic technique. So, like, you hear the start of that song, he's talking about a river in a valley, but he's not, he doesn't say, there's a river in the valley, and then move on to the next thing. He's, he spends time with it, and he personifies the river. All right. So he talks about the river as if it was alive, uh, and gives images like the river skipping stones and running through the valley and stuff like that, where... Uh, he he uses imagery and personification, which are poetic techniques, and that's really what makes his songwriting so good. Yeah, is he can and stringing these images together is another thing, but the fact that he is actually thinking about what he's writing as poetry, as much or more than as a song, makes it it really shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the lyrics, and that's what makes his music so great i mean yeah you talk about the the progression of songwriting that rock bands encompass a lot of the time of starting with the music and then adding the lyrics berman taking that and reversing it is everything and it just it makes the lyricism stand out above all else um yeah i agree Um, thank you but i think another good example of of uh of a Berman X love song on there is I Remember Me, which is, it's a love song in the most Berman way, which yeah. is, it's a song about wanting to propose to his wife, but he's been putting it off for so long that he puts it off for so long that he gets hit by a car and dies. <laughs> and then he just imagines what life would be like after that if he did not propose to his wife. But yeah. it's one of my favorites, and it's a good song, and I think you should... This is, like I said, it's my second favorite. I love the country tinge on it, and it's. It, I think this is a super underrated album in the greater Silver Juice David Berman discography. Definitely. It's the one I'm most unfamiliar with, so I will have to go in and give it more time. For sure. Michael? Yes. Now we're moving on to 2005. Uh, yep. I'm trying to... What happened in 2005? 2005. We're, fl- we're flying 
back down. Look, there's a lights are coming down. There's a there's a woods uh, over there. Let's go. Let's walk over to the woods and see. Oh my God! There's what, a maybe, twisted two by four. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the wood. Maybe the woods have a name. Let's walk over there. Okay. 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 Yeah, Brody, get on the horse. <laughs> Everyone, get on my horse. Okay, let's go. Uh, oh my God, that guy looks like Robin Hood or something. Hello, welcome to Tanglewood Forest. Oh my God, Keith Richards is back. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I, I was mistaken. It's Keith Richards dressed as Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> Um, here's a number for you. Oh, he's <laughs> doing the British version of flipping us off too. Tang- oh, Tanglewood no. numbers. Oh my God, that was in no way a long walk for a short drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> There's a shaggy dog. But here we are. Right. His 2005 album. Yeah, Tanglewood numbers. Shit, we made it, boys. Standing Let's... by the Tanglewood. Yeah. All right, listen. I talked about Natural Bridge earlier. This is, uh, I would consider the complete opposite of what that would that album was. This album's loud. It's abrasive. It's easy to sing along to. Um, we're coming off the commercial success, success of American Water. We're coming off of the slowed down and really thought-provoking um, love songs of uh, Bright Flight. And now we're, uh, we're back in the band. So overall, this is a solid later release from Berman, and all the songs are incredibly moving. There's some good wisdom behind these lyrics, I have to say. And like I said, one of the best band collaborations he's ever been a part of. Um, We're seeing the return of um, some Malcolmist collaborations and the other pavement personnel. Um, I would say my favorite song on this one is uh, There Is A Place, which is the closure track. if there's one thing that Berman's really good at, it's closing an album. And we're going to talk about that later with uh, his last album. That's true. Um, I think you can find that all throughout his discography. Um, it's about the longing to see what comes after death without letting go of the ones we're attached to on Earth. And it's a depressing concept that we'll have to explore later on. But um, this album, and it's entirely, like I said, it's getting back to what made American Water so great. Uh, Punks in the Beer Light could easily be, ha- could have been included on uh, American Water in terms of Sonics. Um, but yeah, this is a good jam out album. And I would say uh, one of the last like jam out albums we would get from Silver Jews. Um, it's, it's just a good romping old time. So let's. I think this is definitely the closest they've gotten to like indie rock. Yeah, pure yeah. indie rock. Yeah. So, you mind if we play my favorite song on here? Yeah, there is can, a place. We'll go to that place now. Yeah.
<laughs> Sorry, I zoned out. Michael zoned out on the Slacker episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good song, though. What's your guys' favorite song from Tanglewood Numbers? God. Um, it's been a while for me, so I don't know if I can give you an educated answer on that. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm getting back into getting back into you. Oh, you, That's a fantastic you were talking about song. that one. Yeah. Fantastic song. That is a great. And that was. That was. Uh, so I, I'm. Personal time. Back when we were in the Earth dimension, which I don't know if we'll ever get back to. I don't think we will. Um, I, I used to make playlists for my significant other, and we were broken up for a time, up like uh, nine months, and we got back together. Uh, and the f- the first playlist that I made for them after we got back together, that was the 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 main that was the title track was I'm getting back into getting back into you. And we'll never see them again because we're stuck. No. In this, still stuck in this yeah. melancholy desert dimension, the, the Silver Shoes underworld. Yeah. But David Berman always crops back up in my life. So That's true. That's and true. And I guess he will be forever now that we're stuck down here. Hey, that's a life I'm willing to live because all this music is fantastic. That's true. And we are next going to talk about the last and perhaps least uh, Silver Jews album. But don't worry. There's there's some more David Berman after this. Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea from 2008. Um, weirdly over or underproduced. Uh, Definitely differently produced. Differently produced than everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea is, uh, I'll go quick on it. It's a, a relatively minor entry in the Silver Jews canon. I don't think they have a bad album, much like Pavement, but um, yeah, the vast majority of these songs I like. Yeah. Uh, there are only really two big standouts for me. Suffering Jukebox, which you should seek out, definitely. That's a great uh, duet with uh, David and his wife. And then this song, the last song on the album, uh, David Berman proves true to formula and caps the album off with a truly fabulous love song. Uh, we could be looking for the same thing. And I think that is something we've kind of talked about already, but it's really worth impressing. David Berman is great at writing love songs. Yes. He really is. Maybe not the most conventional, although this one kind of is. Uh, he just, he, he clearly really values or really valued the person he was with, and uh, it, it really shines through in the music, especially on this song. Great riff at the start, too. Someone We could 
And it doesn't have like the same, it, it's not like super duper poetically all over the place like a lot of his stuff, mm-hmm. but it's just a really good straightforward love song. It and, is. And, and I think, and, I, and we'll, we'll, we'll obviously be talking about this next, but I think this is, as I was talking to you, like the sound, I think he definitely had an idea of what he wanted to sound like, like Purple Mountains. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't there Right, I don't, I don't know if the right backing band wasn't together, yeah, or the if guys it's a production on, or what. But. The guys from Woods did a great job in Purple yes. Mountains, but also I think the more the not not to say less poetic is a bad thing, but I think that is very reflective of Purple Mountains as it's a, it's a lot more straightforward and it's a lot less abstract and surreal, right. and he's just kind of like telling. Telling, telling it how it is. Yeah, I is. guess I guess less abstract would be more the yeah. way to say it than less poetic. Yeah, my bad, my bad. No, but I said it the same. But I, yeah. yeah, I'd say like the abstractness goes away, starting with this album and then leading into the next one. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I love. I I I think this record, um, like you guys are saying, it is sort of the a last minute decline from the recent material but uh, you know you can also point out san francisco bc as being a nice little tune i really am a fan of like open field as well mm-hmm. um that's strange victory yeah that's a cover by who uh actually. i can't say the guy's name actually okay but uh, strange victory name like a swear word or something? no it's it's just i can't oh. pronounce it okay strange victory strange defeat another good one i think this is like the most parlory yeah he's 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 gonna get here and I think a lot of the the things he starts to work on here, encompassing that parlor aesthetic and um, and really embodying the Western um, like themes of it, is going to carry on into his last right. project. Which, by the way, I think we have a decision to make before we can move on to that hey. final thing. What? Fuck you, you limey bastard! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, my God, Ben! Uh, uh, Keith Richards just shot me with an arrow. Oh, oh no. my god. Oh no. We have to find the last stone. It's the only thing that can heal heal. Now him, there's Brody. a ticking clock. We have to oh. we have to make the decision, Brody. Well, I think we both have our decision, the natural bridge, we did it. Yes. <laughs> ben, we bestow upon you the natural bridge. Oh my gosh. Pavement stone. <laughs> I'm gonna open up the CD. We gotta place it over his heart. <laughs> yeah, let me I'm gonna rub it on myself. Like anointment. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm healed. The arrow just fell out. <laughs> I think the arrowhead is still inside me. <laughs> Wait, guys. It's time to be transported one last time. We all know what comes next. Oh my god. What's gonna happen? I have an idea. We, we do. Whoa! What? It's... What? <laughs> what? Wait. It's so cold up here. <laughs> I was going to say it's so cold down here because we're just back in our basement, boys. The jam uh, space. Are we not on a purple mountain? <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, look out the window. Our house is now up on a mountain. What? We fixed that. <laughs> it's somehow still super humid down here. But why would we be back in our basement where we record t- Kindness Texas demos and the like? I don't know. Why would we, Michael? Because we're so inspired by this next piece of music. I think if we had to choose uh, an album all together, like if we all together had to choose like favorite album as a group, yes. I think pretty easily it would be this one. Mm-hmm. We, we could sp- spend a whole episode talking about why Purple Mountains, the, the, the last project by David Berman before his untimely death, is one of our favorite pieces of music. 
but let's have a song speak for itself. Okay. I think first we will play a bit of Brody's pick. This is Darkness and Cold. Actually, it had kind of a natural bridge uh, type origin story. I listened to it, and I was like, yeah, it was okay. But to quote, and I'm sure David Berman would like this, to quote Fall Out Boy, <laughs> the songs you grow to like never stick at first. Mm. So, so, like, uh, I kept, but, you know, I just kept coming back to it, and it just, it's just, a, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can put into words. Yeah. Uh, when, was the, when was the first time you heard it, though? December 2019. Mm. I thought you were going to give an exact date. And well, like, that's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Ben, do you, since you're so familiar with uh, David Berman's lore, um, can you explain just like the context of this album and, and sort of the sad story to, yes. to follow? So um, Silver Jews ended... Uh, after Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea, because, uh, as he's talked about a lot, you can find a lot online. David Berman's dad was a right asshole. Um, he was a big, like, big tobacco guy. Yeah. And, uh, like, he was just a, a big in politics in what David considered the very, very wrong way. Yeah, he's a lobbyist. Right. And David, yeah, he's a lobbyist. And David Berman was like, uh, music isn't really doing enough. I want to right my father's wrongs. So he kind of went off into the wilderness to do that however he saw fit. I, I'm not really sure... Like, I know he was still working on a bit of poetry, and I, I, I've seen a reading, I think, from this period of time. But for the most part, um, he, he just kind of, he went dark in the artistic realm, and, and that was just sort of it. Uh, Lookout Mountains was the last Silver Jews album, and we didn't really know if he would ever come back, uh, if so, in what form. I, it, did, it didn't really seem super likely that he was going to be coming back to music anytime soon, which he didn't really um, until, obviously, Purple Mountains comes out in 2019. And I uh, I don't know if we ever got a straight story as to exactly why. Oh, I, got, I actually know. Oh, yeah? He said his mother's death, like, really affected him, and, like, that inspired him to pick up a guitar again. Right. So he, yeah. he's brought back to songwriting through his mother's death. And then I know um, this album... 
was sort of made in fits and starts, not this particular version, but I know he was collaborating with some different psychedelic bands. He did, there's an entire version of this album uh, with that, that was produced by Dan Behar of Destroyer mm-hmm. um, and was scrapped because it, it's, it's, it, it's entirely different. Apparently some of the same songs, but uh, according to Dan, it sounds all really like distant and compressed and like brittle. Um, and just not not the kind of music that I think David really wanted to be making. Yeah. Um, so he eventually hooks up with this band Woods, who's an indie band. I think to this point they've released like two or three albums, maybe. Um, they do have some good stuff on their own, but they start working out arrangements and it just kind of clicks. And this album is made and it gets done and uh, it's released and there's just a massive outpouring of love and like a huge huge cry of just how great this album is goes up uh and like we've talked about on the show several times now probably um obviously david ended his own life just a few days after the album was released um and a few days before there were some planned purple mountains live shows yeah um that's kind of the story of the record uh i know big inspirations for it is his and cassie's relationship was deteriorating Uh, deteriorating it was really on the rocks at this point which you can hear evidence of in some of the songs obviously his mother's death is explicitly referenced um he he had a massive he had like a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt or something which Mm -hmm. some had theorized was the reason he came back to recording although i'm not that cynical yeah um i'm sure it was a motivator but it couldn't be everything right yeah that that it's it's not that cynical of an album where it's it's very clearly from his heart and this is yeah i think that's the important thing about this album is that there has never been and never will be a david berman album so clearly from his heart as this yeah and i think the context of his um untimely death really heightens a lot of the songs right for me, it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like Black Star or mm-hmm. A Crow Looked at Me yeah. or, you know, you know, those legendary albums that are that are just heightened by the context surrounding them and the artist's personal life. And yeah, it's uh, it's a really sad story, it's but a, but it's such an amazing record. Yeah, I think that's something important, too, is that the story going into the album is definitely depressing, but listening to the music the music is sad but there's like like with even his saddest stuff there's a, there's this undercurrent of i don't know what it is like joy or like like there's clearly he clearly knows even in his dark moments that there is a joy to life that's that's perfectly juxtaposed in what you're talking about and in, in i think the song that you're bringing on right storyline fever yeah. Um, is mine. Yeah. If that's what you were thinking. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it, from what I understand, like this whole album has this like such depressing motifs, but the, the songs itself are so danceable and, and you can sing along to them. And, and it's like, it's almost like you're being welcomed into like joy. Um, but it, at the same time, it's just like you have this, these dark thoughts you know, while listening to it. So yeah, it's um, that old Berman one, two punch. I'll I'll play a little bit of storyline fever. This is a sleeper. I think according to Spotify, at least this might be the least popular song on the album, which figure that out. Uh, it's, it might be my favorite. It's very hard to say. Yeah. 
Bouts of the shortness of life may begin. Bouts of shortness of breath in your chest. Doubts about the worth of the night you got left. Crowding out all but fear and regret. You got storyline fever, storyline flu. It's filtering how everything looks to you. Don't you reckon it's affecting your attitude? Storyline fever got its hooks in you. Storyline fever got its hooks in you. I will always remember. So this album really became important to me during the pandemic, um, during quarantine. When I say pandemic, I mean quarantine. Um, but where the, the the connection specifically to this song, but to this album that I'll always have is, uh, so I went on a road trip in 2020. Uh, it had been planned for years. I went on a road trip with my cousin Nathan, and we had been like awake and alert and like talking most of the way. This is 7,000 miles. Um, but we're in the highlands of New Mexico uh, and just driving straight roads. Um, and they'll, the, there are hills that are going up and down a little bit, but just straight roads. There aren't really too many trees, just right. kind of brushy, scrubby, um, going up and down the hills. And Nathan nods off. And I'm like, well, I got to stay awake somehow. So I put this album on and I'm just like motivating over every hill, listening to Purple Mountains. And it was like such a, it was such a surreal experience to be listening to this album in like a kind of a desolate landscape, like where we were in just a few minutes ago. Right. Um, There's, there's, uh, there's something to this music that is so great it translates anywhere, but listening to this music in the American West is almost, it, it's just a, it, it'll always be connected to that for me because of that experience. I think we all have those types of experiences because I have a story as well that I'm tied to this album with. Um, and I'm going to change my song for this because the real one that I think exemplifies this juxtaposition we're talking about is uh, all my happiness is gone and yeah it's it's crazy because well let me let me have the song do the talking for you and then i'll go into my story all right
So, as y'all know, I have this job now as the editor-in-chief of CM Life, and it, uh, I'm happy. You don't have to clap. This is going to oh. be a depressing-ass story. As, <laughs> yeah, and, and as you might imagine, that takes a lot of uh, time and commitment, and it's rough. It's really rough, but I, you know, I keep stressing and pressing on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the happiest nights of my life, though, is when we were at your apartment, Ben, and we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do about this band situation, how we're going to continue to play music together and, and all that stuff. And we just bust out like five Purple Mountain slash Silver Jew covers in a row. And we were just playing that shit all night. And that was like really cool, you know? It was like yeah. a, a really awesome thing. So, you know, I, I go through days often where I get really depressed because I can't, you know, jam with you guys and I can't be in the basement and making music and having a good time. But, you know, this song kind of always reminds me specifically friends are warmer than gold. And like, you know, you, even when you have like the worst days ever, you, you kind of got to keep that support system going and you got to always, you know, press on and, and find a way to make it work, you know? So that's what this purple mountains means to me is our friendship here at this table. So Sorry to get all personal, but that's no. that, that's it for me, man. Thank you. That's very meaningful. I, I think, yeah, there's definitely always going to be this sentimental attachment to me with this album. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if that's because of the how raw the emotion is throughout this entire thing or okay. what, but yeah, that's always going to be there, definitely. For sure. Anyway, Thanos, right? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanos, are we? Uh, are, what's the best purple mountains? <laughs> God, we, Thanos. We obviously know. Yeah, it's the the one. This is the soul stone of the uh, the the Malchemist gauntlet, <laughs> or whatever. Oh my gosh! I think Thanos is about to speak. <laughs> Thanos, are you okay? What's wrong, buddy. This album is so beautiful. I th- and also purple like me. <laughs> I think I can't help but to send you back to your own home world. Uh, Thanos. Thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. Please give me the <clears throat> the pave stone, the malk stone, the malk. This the silver uh, jewel of. Uh, stone and the purple stone. stone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanos, since you were the one who got us in this mess to begin with, we'll have to use this in, this Wait. gauntlet to destroy you. <laughs> no, I want to go back home. I don't want to be on this mountain. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. We're gonna just we're gonna make your home world bright and beautiful again. Like David Berman has made, and Stephen Malcolmus has made this world for us. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the, the, the stones. I will send you back to your world now. Woo! I feel like we learned something. I feel like we did as well. That always hurts when, that, when we go through those portals. Yeah. 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 Give me some chronic neck pain. <sighs> wow. Well, hopefully all that recorded. <laughs> <laughs>
hey, at the end of the day, this is some of our favorite music. And while we had this corny gag going along, hope you enjoy. Uh, gag. <laughs> <laughs> this was all real. This was all real. I think we could talk about our... Uh, our recommendations now. I think we can. I, uh, our recommendations have all really been. I think I've been divinely inspired to recommend what I'm going to recommend by divinely. our trip. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm going to recommend the only thing on Spotify of our three recommendations for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but this is a last minute change. I was going to recommend something from uh, the Magnetic Fields, which is another deep voiced songwriter. Uh, very good. The album 69 uh, Love Songs. Yes, I <laughs> love that album. That's funny also. Um, but I remembered, so I'm. let's see if I can find the year. In 1996, the album Schoolhouse Rock, Rocks, came out, um, which <laughs> is, is everyone here familiar with Schoolhouse Rock? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think even to this day, kids in school still watch some of the Schoolhouse Rock videos. Um, and in 1996, a pretty great covers album was released. Uh, with uh, Folk Implosion, Blind Melon, uh, Pavement, Ween, The Lemonheads, Bismarcky, Moby, Manor Astro Man, Daniel Johnston, all contributing to uh, and contributing their own cover of a song from the Schoolhouse Rock series. Uh, Pavement did, and Pavement covers No More Kings. Theirs is definitely, I would say, the most inspired cover version on here. they truly make a great pavement song out of No More Kings. I'm just going to play some of that. Rockin', rollin', splishin', splashin' over the horizon. What can it be? just yeah. took the lyrics and totally made pavementized, it, pavementized it. it. Yeah. And it's really great. Um, another tie to a animated show that they have is they did two songs uh, on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which I highly recommend those as well. Yes, I believe Manor Astro Man actually does the theme song for that one. They do. Yeah. I am a big Manor Astro Man fan, but that is for another episode that will never get recorded. <laughs> uh, Brody, do you want to give... Or actually, Brody, yours is somewhat separate so michael do you want to give your recommendation yeah mine, mine's a simple one this is just a live version of dallas that a song off natural bridge which i think is just quintessential silver jews um we talked a lot before about how uh this band never went live until uh f- four or five albums deep 
So not until the 2000s. Right. So to hear a um, live version of a foregone song um, is pretty awesome. And I love how uh, it's recorded on just probably someone's phone. It's uh, kind of shitty. It's bootleg. But um, I think it represents how uh, these songs came together in a very lo-fi capacity. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to get some sort of example of live representation on here for the Silver Jews. can't tell i had another one in mind but it's not on youtube anymore no Sorry worries about that, folks. I, what was that so that was a that was a radio broadcast your other one right mm-hmm. yeah it was actually professionally recorded and everything so sorry about that but hey if you can scout out a, a silver jews live any sort of performance i would go for yes it. actually uh before we move on i do have a recommendation in that vein um, didn't, let me find it. Uh, did it? Yeah. So there's a live on WFMU September, 2008, uh, that focuses somewhat on what was the new album at that time. Look at mountain, look out, see, but there are songs from back to the first album, uh, really worth listening to, uh, and cool to hear those songs played live. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's, there's stuff I think from every album on that performance or almost every album so is dallas on that one too dallas is not that's okay. i would have played that if it was but yeah there's there's stuff from everything check it out you can download it still so go get it uh brody well my recommendation is actually um a cover of a silver juice song by bill callahan uh who has a prolific solo career also a career in smog mm-hmm. as well as with um, Bonnie Prince Billy or Willie Will Oldham, who is a frequent uh, Silver Jews collaborator. And both of them, I think, make very similar music to Silver Jews yeah. and uh, David Berman type stuff. And they did a cover of The Wild Kindness, which is on American Water, with actually featuring uh, uh, David Berman's uh, former wife, uh, Cassie Berman. So you're bringing it all full circle here at the end. Yes. Very good.
that's like I was listening to it again uh, just hearing it now it, it's kind of like I, I can't find a way to say this the, exactly the way I want to it's like uh, with that group vocal that lasts throughout the song mm-hmm. it's kind of like have you ever seen uh, when the Muppets cover a song I, uh, kind of this is going somewhere good so it's kind of like it sounds sort of like that, like it's kind of sloppy. Yeah. And I think it's it's really moving to me to hear this cast of characters from David's life covering one of his songs. Yeah. Uh, and, like, it's not totally transformative, mm-hmm. but, like, there's just this super melancholy, like... Yeah. It's almost not to get too dark, but it's almost like a awake or something you a know dirge yeah like 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 it's a you know how so many people especially nowadays really talk about how they want their funerals to be celebrations mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you had your funeral and then all your friends went out to the bar afterwards to like celebrate your life mm-hmm. yeah and they're like karaokeing one of your own songs at the end of the night mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that's pretty cool yeah also great uh little line of poetry on this album cover which you probably can't see on your phone um so first life takes time, then time takes life. Damn. I don't know if that's Berman or someone else, but it sure sounds like it. The Wild Kindness is another great song off of American Water. Yes, it yes. is. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a really great version, too. That song will always, this has nothing to do with anything, but the song <laughs> will uh, always remind me of delivering pizzas. That's when I first heard American Water. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we took quite the journey over these we last did. two we episodes, did. but... I'd say we're glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What, do, do we know what's next on the list here? To give them um, a yeah, let's let's look it up. Uh, y'all talk about what your favorite thing from uh, the the other dimension that we went to was while I look this up. <laughs> I liked having hair briefly. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked uh, I liked being the Steve Malcolm's Megazord. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really felt our collective uh, creative juices flowing there. That was pretty cool. Okay, so I'm going to sound like a broken record here uh, because I'm going to mention something that has been postponed and moved so many times. Okay. So next, so uh, we've obviously gotten off schedule again, which is like us. I think, okay, no. I think that the next one, uh, these will hopefully be coming out in relatively rapid succession in the next week. Mm -hmm. So this second episode that you're hearing now came out on a weird day for us, like Saturday or Sunday. Mm. Um, So next episode should be the first four Modest Mouse albums. Brody. Brody made a thing. Brody's Brody, going crazy Brody, right now. Brody takes the lead. Um, he will be heading up that one, so get ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, hopefully, the episode after that uh, will be the Beatles debate. I think we will start the planning process of that ASAP. But uh, Yeah, so we, we've promised it to you a long time. Now there's an actual deadline because that documentary is coming out. So yes. uh, hopefully we figure it out. Yes. But until then. Oh. Good night, Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> wow, what a journey. No, I don't really want to die. I only want to die in your eyes. I'm still here below. The chandelier where they always used to read us our rights. I wanna wander through the night. 
as a figure in the distance even to my own eye have you ever rented a room have you even ever rented a room an anchor lets you see the river more now that your evil dreams came true there on your face a row of teeth will come to replace I know you laughed when I left But you really only hurt yourself See your curtains move in the wind You can bet I'm betting against you again Cause I'm a man who has a wife who has a mother Who married one but loved another You're a tower without the bells You're a negative wishing well Should have checked the stable door for the name of the siren dame. You were always at the dog track with your brother and all his friends. Chalk lines around my body like the shoreline of a lake. Your laughter made me nervous. It made your body shake too hard Now there's a lot of things that I'm gonna miss Like thunder down country and the way water drips When you're running for the door in the rain Read the metro section, read the metro section Read the metro section, see my name No, I didn't really wanna die I only wanna die in your eyes Grant me one last wish Life should mean a lot less of this Grant me one last wish Life should mean a lot less than this